and welcome to the Dunkel Index Podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me is my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey, Ben. How are you? You got uh, some football coming back your way this week, don't you? I think we got the Pac-12 in action, finally. Yes. Yeah. No, doing well. And uh, Pac-12 coming back. As with, uh, well, we just had the uh, the Big Ten started up, I think, two or so weeks ago. So, yeah, everything uh, getting into gear here, college football-wise. Yeah, we're uh, taping this on a Wednesday, and uh, the MAC opens up tonight, all 12 teams in action. So with the MAC returning and the Pac-12 this weekend, uh, we actually have all the conferences in college football uh, playing right now. So that's a good thing. It's It's been a staggered start, but we finally have got them all back. So looking forward to seeing both those conferences in action this week. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still surprised that, uh, you know, across the country, they're all getting these games off. Yeah, it's not without a hitch. Um, in fact, we've got a couple more casualties this week, uh, including one of our top five teams, Wisconsin, yet again. Missing, I don't think uh, you can joke around with the word casualties in this. Ah, uh, good point. Yes, no, wrong, wrong choice of words. I guess I shouldn't say victim either. Um, <laughs> just an unfortunate outcome. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin looks so good in their opener against Illinois. I was anxious to see them follow up in their very impressive quarterback, Graham Mertz. But two games now that they've had to cancel, the latest being Purdue this this week. So... Um, you know, it's 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 definitely a week to week league right now in terms of uh, availability. But when the football's being played, it's it's pretty good. Um, interesting week last week in the NFL. Patriots two and five um, get another loss. This went to Buffalo and Cam Newton, who used to find ways to win in Carolina, seems to be finding new ways to lose. Fumble late um, that uh, you know cost them at least a tie. They were in field goal range already, but uh, looked like they could have maybe driven it in for a game-winning touchdown. So Bill Belichick, the goat of all coaches, uh, now two and five. You surprised? I am, I guess, a little bit. Um, at least you know this week Brady didn't look so good. Um, so not kind of as big a gap there, uh, between those two as it has been earlier this year. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I did think the Patriots were going to be able to, to do a little better than this. And I think I have to wonder, uh, how much COVID has to do with Cam Newton's performance since he's come back. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, that, and you know, he's, I, we said this early on when they were running him so much into the pile that we, you know wondered out loud whether he could do that for a 16-game schedule. I mean, he's taken a lot of hits over the years. He's just starting to wonder if maybe that's starting to take a toll uh, on him. So He has. I mean, they've got old, little wide receivers. Um, well, yeah. and they don't even have their oldest and littlest in Julian Edelman right now. So, and he was, you know, without a doubt, their best. So, yeah, you take Edelman out of the equation. Obviously, Gronk went down to Tampa with Brady. So, you know, it, it's left the cupboard very bare uh, for, for Newton. But you just figured Belichick, again, mm -hmm. being, being the GOAT, at least the modern-day GOAT of all coaches. I don't know if he's in the Lombardi category, but um, uh, you, just, you just figured he'd find ways to win games. And they've owned that AFC East uh, forever now. Uh, but, uh, 
at two and five, I think uh, worst record they've had since I want to say 2000, uh, certainly early 2000s, pre-Brady, PB. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, that's a stunner. Um, you know, I thought, um, uh, the Packers losing at home to the Vikings, very surprised by that outcome. Vegas had a great weekend, uh, last weekend. I think, yeah, there was a couple of surprises. Uh, I, I, Cincinnati. Yeah. Beating Tennessee, you know, Tennessee, we, we, we had that wrong. I mean, Tennessee was coming off a tough loss um, against the Steelers, uh, but figured they could get right against Cincinnati. Um, that didn't happen. Joe Burrow continues to impress. And uh, the Bengals look like they are a team on the rise, even though there's some discontent in the locker room. They traded Carlos Dunlap, uh, their defensive lineman. He was unhappy now. John Ross, uh, one of the receivers, is unhappy. So a lot of unhappiness in the locker room. But uh, Burrow looks very happy and gets getting more comfortable every week. So miss that. But then I thought, you know, the Steelers coming off of an emotional win, or at least a tough win, uh, on the road against the Titans, having to go on the road against Baltimore and Baltimore looking to kind of get that big game monkey off their back. And, and that didn't happen. Steelers yet again, looking very good and only undefeated team left. So hats off to Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, the ageless one, uh, just keeps on getting it done. You think they uh, have a shot to go undefeated? Well, I think they will be undefeated uh, at least following this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, hey, if our Philadelphia Eagles can beat the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I know the Pittsburgh Steelers can. I think they could line up the third team on this one and, and get this one done. Uh, Eagles creeping closer to 500, 3 4 and 1. They, Looks like uh, a rock star right now in the NFC East. Huh? Did you watch? Did you watch the Dallas game? I watched a lot of it. Um, they they flashed a graphic at one point that basically showed how the Eagles could win the division. I think with four wins. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did not see that. Um, yeah. I you know four yeah four wins could arguably. Uh, win that. Although I, I have to say the Washington football team, uh, one of the nemeses of, of the Eagles, uh, actually has a, has a decent defense. And since they've decided to move on from Dwayne Haskins and go with Kyle Allen, they actually have a capable quarterback now too. So, um, you know, I think Dallas is out of it uh, clearly. The Giants are competitive. I mean, they gave Brady and, and Tampa Bay all they could handle on Monday night, um, as they did the Eagles the weekend before, but, um, Danny Dimes can't seem to find ways to pull out wins right now. So, so they kind of, and without Saquon Barkley, um, you just wonder how, what they've got left in the tank. Um, so I think it is probably between the football team and the Eagles right now, and the Eagles are getting healthy and, uh, Travis Fulgham, I have to say what a revelation he's been. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there was at least one big catch for Rieger last weekend. So it was nice to see him back too. Good to have Rieger back. Um, you know, if they get Miles Sanders back at running back, 
It's, but you know, Wentz, it just is, seems to play at this frenetic pace and tries to make something out of nothing. Um, and usually ends up with, with less than nothing. Um, in terms of turning the ball over. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, right now the Eagles are their own worst enemy, but goodbye week. I think they needed a bye. Uh, I can rest on their three, four and one record. Um, And then, uh, you know, Seahawks bouncing back last week, got DK Metcalf going in a, in a big white boy, that guy, have you watched him play much? Yeah. I mean, I remember um, when, what he dropped like 60 in the draft or something. Yes. Um, and I just, you know, kind of seen like YouTube highlights or whatever, but I'm mean, like, that guy's a football player. What are they doing? And now he's doing exactly kind of what you see in those YouTube highlights. That's exactly right. He, I mean, that, that sprint, what, two games ago against Arizona, mm-hmm. where he caught uh, Buda Baker running down the sideline. I mean, that was, even though it, it really didn't alter the outcome. The Cardinals ended up winning the game. I mean, that's one of those highlight reel plays that we're going to yeah. watch over and over and over again. He reminds me a lot of Calvin Johnson, Megatron mm-hmm. with the line. I mean, he's just so big and so strong and so fast. So uh, wise of uh, Pete Carroll to get him into action last week uh, against the Niners. So that was a a good win for the Seahawks bouncing back off of their first loss the week before against the Cardinals. So yeah, some good action last week uh, in week eight and uh, we got week nine coming up. All right. Yeah. So we can go ahead and look at our uh, preview for our top five teams coming up this week. And uh, it starts with the number five team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got, or they're seven and oh on the season now. Uh, six and one against the spread. I think they've won their last five against the spread. Uh, they are at Dallas, who is two and six, zero oh and eight against the spread on the year. And uh, Vegas line on this one is Pittsburgh minus thirteen and a half, which seems pretty nice to me. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, pretty nice. Um, you know, the only risk you run here is the Steelers, obviously looking way past this game. Um, but you know. As the Eagles showed, I mean, they couldn't play much worse, I thought, against Dallas. And, and Ben DiNucci, uh, first quarterback from James Madison, not a great uh, debut as far as a starter. And, in fact, I, I see the Cowboys uh, have decided to bench DiNucci this week. Because <laughs> if you can't handle Philly's defense, you're definitely not going to be able to handle the Steelers' defense. That game, uh, the Dallas-Philly game, was a uh, prime example of why Chris Collinsworth is just an awful announcer. It's like as soon as he starts gassing up Danucci, he totally fell apart. And then he, at the end of the game, talking about how he never had a rhythm. It was it, right as he talked about it. <laughs> well, you know, so the, I guess the good news for Cowboys fans is you don't have to worry about Ben Danucci this week. The bad news is I think you're looking at Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. Uh, two definitely not household names. Uh, I think it's that, it's going to be Rush. Is it going to be Rush? He, I think that's he, what they said today. He's been with the franchise uh, longer um, and has at least taken practice snaps with them than um, uh, the offensive coordinator Kellen Moore um, has a lot of confidence in him. I you know what else can he say about about Cooper Rush? So. Uh, yeah. All right. It'll be Cooper Rush under under center uh, against Ben Roethlisberger and the undefeated Steelers. 
No shocker here. Uh, the index is backing the Steelers minus the 13 and a half. As you said, Ben, Pittsburgh's five and zero against the spread in their last five overall. This Cowboys 0 and 8. I mean, it's hard to start the season 0 and 8 against the spread. I don't think it's been done many times. Uh, but to lose, to win actually two games straight up, but to lose every game against the spread, hard thing to accomplish. Uh, we look at it as extending to 0 and 9. So we are taking Pittsburgh in that one. All right. Yeah. I think I like that call. Uh, at number four, we have the Tennessee Titans. They're five and two on the year now, just two and five against the spread so far. And they've got Chicago uh, coming there. It's five. They're five and three on the year, five and three against the spread as well. And Vegas has the line set right now at Titans minus five and a half. What do you think? Well, he got a battle here between two playoff contenders who are not playing like playoff contenders right now. Um, as we talked about earlier, Tennessee was coming off their first loss of the season against the Steelers, needed a bounce back win um, in Cincinnati, and just kind of got railroaded by by Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offense there. Really has raised some, some big questions about Tennessee's defense, especially in, in the red zone. Uh, the good news for the Titans, though, is that they get to play against Chicago's offense right now. Mm -hmm. And the Bears, um, I think, are finding out what Eagles fans uh, have known for quite a while, which is Nick Foles is a heck of a quarterback coming off the bench. Maybe not so good a quarterback when he's actually starting. Um, and I think he has some people thinking maybe Mitchell Trubisky needs to get back in there. Uh, it was. A tough game last week against the Saints. Um, they took New Orleans overtime. Foles did lead the Bears um, on a game-time drive late in the game, but couldn't get it done. So they've fallen to five and three, and the Bears have not been a very good team on the road, just three and seven against the spread in their last 10 road games. So with Tennessee uh, coming off back-to-back -back losses at home, uh, their defense, which has been woeful of late, should be able to at least handle this Bears offense. Um, we're going to take the Titans minus the points. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And Tennessee's offense, you know, outside of uh, Derrick Henry, hasn't been looking that great to me either. Yeah, Tannehill's been okay, uh, but I agree. He started off the season uh, like a house on fire, but has not been as strong uh, of late. So uh, I agree. I think uh, they're going to have to get it going because while Chicago doesn't have much offense, they've got a great defense with Khalil Mack at the head of it. And uh, they're not going to be able uh, to just easily put up points. So they're going to have to earn their points. But if they can get, you know, to 20, uh, they should be okay. Uh, I think given, given how Chicago has been playing on the offensive side right now. All right. Uh, great matchup here. Our number three team, Seattle Seahawks, six and one on the season, five and two against the spread. They're at Buffalo this week. Buffalo six and two on the year, three and five against the spread though. And Vegas has the line Seattle minus three right now. What do you think? Yeah, always tough when those Western teams have to travel across uh, time zones to get to the East. Uh, but Seattle showed a lot last week uh, coming off that 
tough loss against Arizona and bouncing back with a strong win against the 49ers, very costly loss for the 49ers, who once again uh, lost Jimmy Garoppolo to injury, George Kittle to injury. Uh, I think there's questions about whether the Thursday night game could even be played uh, with so so many uh, problems with San Francisco because now they've been hit by COVID. I saw Kendrick Bourne, their wide receiver, um, has tested positive for COVID. So I think there was a stat earlier that the 49er Packer game, which is a rematch of last year's NFC championship, uh, the top seven or eight uh, Niners on offense in terms of ball touches last year in that game aren't available for this game. So uh, very costly loss, but good win for, for Seattle. Buffalo uh, finally uh, beat the Patriots, found a way to beat the Patriots. Um, that has been a problem for the Bills uh, in the Brady era. Uh, without Brady, first game, uh, nice win for Buffalo. But their offense is still struggling right now. Um, Josh Allen looked really good early in the season. Um, hasn't been moving the ball nearly as efficiently. Uh, the Seahawks feel comfortable on the road. They're 13-5-1 and one against the spread in their last 19 road games. And Buffalo is just 3-8 and eight against the spread in their last 11 as a home underdog. So we're going to take the hot offense, uh, certainly the hotter of the two right now with the Seahawks to put up enough points to cover the three in Buffalo. All right. And at number two, we still have the Baltimore Ravens, five and two on the year, three and four against the spread now. They're at the Indianapolis Colts, who are five and two on the year, four and three against the spread. And Vegas has the line uh, right now at Baltimore minus two and a half. What's up there? Yeah, I mean, poor Lamar Jackson, uh, tough game last week, four turnovers. Um, he has not played well against the Steelers. Uh, in the two games that he's played against them. And then, you know, hasn't played well in, in the big games overall. And, of course, we remember that Kansas City game earlier this year where they really didn't play uh, up up to their level in that one either, um, even though both those games were at home. So they've got to go on the road uh, and play a pretty good Indianapolis team right now, which uh, coming off a big win over over Detroit, Philip Rivers has solved the QB problems there and really has them uh, moving the ball. 41-21 win over the Lions that pushed their record to 5-2. and two. So it's actually a very nice matchup between two uh, teams very much in, in the playoff hunt. Uh, we do like uh, the Ravens on this one. Uh, they're 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven as a road favorite. And maybe more importantly, Indy is 0-5 against spread in their last five as a home underdog. So the Ravens actually seem to play a little bit better on the road than they do at home at this point. And Indy not doing a good job in covering when they've been a home dog. So we are going to go with Baltimore to bounce back here and pull out the win and cover that two and a half. All right. I think we're in agreement on four out of four of these so far. I don't know if that's good or bad. We'll have to see. Um, see if we make it five for five with our last pick. All right. Well, yes, this is a, an interesting one. I, I think we're going to agree here. 
Number one team, Kansas City Chiefs, are seven and one on the year, six and two against the spread. And they've got Carolina at home this week. Carolina is three and five overall, four and four against the spread. Uh, the line much different than that, uh, that Jets one, if you remember it from last week. This week is just KC minus 11. I, I yeah, think I like that. It's child's play compared to the 19 they had to lay against the, yeah. the 0-8 Jets. But they found a way to cover it. Patrick Mahomes, uh, player of the week in the AFC, five TD passes, over 400 yards passing. So the, the Mahomes legend grows. And um, Carolina... Coming off a, a tough loss against uh, the Falcons on the Thursday night game last week. Um, you know, one of the few teams this year that hasn't been able to come back and beat the Falcons uh, when the Falcons have, have had the lead. So Atlanta found a way to finally get a, a win uh, and not a good loss at home for Matt Rule's Panthers. Tough game to follow up with going on the road here against Kansas City who's 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread in their last 11 home games. And the Panthers just 2-6-1 and one against the spread in their last uh, nine following a loss. So we're going to stick with uh, the top team in the league right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, to cover that 11. All right. Yeah, we agree. Five for five. Well, book it. Book it. Five winners. Done. All right. Now, a little bit harder uh, moving on to the NCAA now. Yeah, let's move on over to college football. Um, and uh, we've got a couple good matchups coming up this week. Last week was uh, it was an interesting week. Uh, you know, the big game, of course, was the Ohio State game um, in Happy Valley um, against Penn State. You know, I really think Ohio State benefited from not having fans. Um, I think a lot of teams really miss having the fans there. But uh, but when you go on the road uh, and you've got 100,000 screaming uh, in a whiteout game, uh, that can be unnerving. But uh, OSU had no problem without the fans there. They cruised past uh, Penn State 38-25, main number one. For the index, Justin Fields uh, continues to look very, very strong at uh, at QB. Um, Bama, uh, who's off this week, no problem uh, beating up on Mike Leach in Mississippi State, 41 zip. In fact, uh, the index had that one right on the nose. We had a 41-point line and uh, dealt Mike Leach his first shutout as a college coach. So the air raid was grounded big time in uh, Tuscaloosa. Texas pulling out a big win over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was the last of the unbeatens in in the Big 12. Uh, I think hopes for a playoff uh, were hinging on uh, Okie State uh, staying undefeated, uh, but a two-loss Texas team forced overtime there, and Sam Ellinger uh, delivered the win in OT. Um, and, of course, Michigan, probably the biggest upset of the weekend, losing to Michigan State. Um, after pounding Minnesota in the opener, uh, they lose yet again to Sparty. Bad loss for the index on that one. We had Michigan not only to win, but, but to cover. Um, and I think... Calls for 
Harbaugh to, to maybe move on, uh, only grow louder in Ann Arbor following that loss. So very interesting week in week nine and uh, got a couple interesting games coming up in, in week 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, Alabama off this week and then Wisconsin, uh, who is in our top five, we're going to skip because uh, they're not playing this weekend as well. So yeah. we'll start uh, with our number seven team uh, who's got a clean slate. They're zero and zero. It's the University of Oregon. And they've got Stanford coming in. Uh, so Vegas has the line set Ducks by 11 to start the year. What do you think? Yeah, juicy little matchup for the Pac-12. Good for the Pac-12 to put two of the power teams from uh, the North Division uh, together in week one. Uh, Oregon, while number seven in the index starting out, uh, is playing uh, its first game without Justin Herbert at quarterback, who, of course, is now doing big things with the L.A. Chargers in the NFL. Not clear who Mario Cristobal is going to put in at QB there, but uh, safe to say uh, they're not going to be able to play at Justin Herbert's level right away. Uh, Stanford, meanwhile, brings back Davis Mills at QB uh, when he filled in for K.J. Costello uh, last year. Uh, He looked pretty impressive, threw for 11 TDs uh, and threw for over 500 yards in uh in a game against Washington State. So uh, bounce back year for David Shaw here. They went only 4 and 8 last year. Uh Cardinals first losing season uh since 2008. So fully expect Stanford to give the Ducks uh a game here, especially uh with Herbert no longer at the helm as QB. So we're going to take Stanford plus the points in this one. All right. Uh, another game with a, uh, some COVID implications, but they are playing the game. Uh, we've got Notre Dame, who's 6-0 and on the year, 2-4 and against the spread. And they're playing our number two team, Clemson, who's 7-0 and on the year, 2-5 and against the spread, though. And uh, Vegas has the line here, Clemson, by 5.5. What do you think? Yeah, this is the game of the week, um, much like last week with Ohio State going on the road at Penn State uh, and surviving. We expect Clemson to go on the road at, at South Penn and survive. Uh, survive is what they did last week um, with Trevor Lawrence out because of COVID issues. Uh, DJ Wongalele uh, filled in and filled in very capably, um, although it didn't look that way right off the bat. Boston College uh, really took it to Clemson, even though it was in Death Valley, went up 28 nothing. But uh, to Dabo's credit and uh, Wangalele's uh, ability, uh, they were able to survive. It was the largest comeback in Clemson history at home, um, 18 points. Uh, so they pull out a win, and it's awfully nice having Travis Edian in the backfield, too. So got the uh, probably first game jitters out of his system. Um, Notre Dame, while undefeated uh, and playing in the ACC for the first time in history, um, has not really played the competition at the level of, of Clemson. They looked shaky uh, three weeks ago against Louisville. 
uh, did have uh, a couple of nice uh, bounce back wins uh, since then. Uh, but against Pitt and Georgia Tech, two teams clearly not in the uh, the class of Clemson. So uh, the Tigers are 11 and two against the spread in their last 13 uh, games as a road favorite. So they've had little trouble handling lines um, on the road and. Uh, this is a rematch of the game from two two years ago. That was a semifinal matchup uh, where Clemson beat Notre Dame uh, thirty to three. Don't expect it to be that lopsided for sure in this one, but we do uh, expect the Tigers to cover uh, the five and a half. So we'll take okay. Clemson minus the points. All right. Moving on to our number three team, uh, we've got UGA, who's four and one overall this year, two and three against the spread, though. And they are taking on the Florida Gators, who are three and one overall, two and two against the spread. And Vegas line on this one is UGA minus three. What do you think? Yeah, it's always advertises the largest outdoor cocktail party. Um, don't know how many are going to be cocktailing this week there, but. Um, you know, it's it's a great game between two teams that will decide uh, the SEC East uh, this year. Um, and right now, uh, Georgia, since uh, since the second half of the uh, game against Alabama, really looks to be struggling on offense. Um, Stetson Bennett threw two more picks last week. They did survive uh, a tough game against Kentucky, but only put 14 points on the board. Uh, against the Wildcats in a 14 to three win. Uh, just the opposite for Florida, where Kyle Trask threw four more TDs last week in their big win over Missouri. He's now the uh, first, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the first QB in Florida history to throw four TDs in four straight games. So not even the great Tim Tebow was able to accomplish that. So Trask is playing at another level right now. Uh, Georgia's inability to put points on the board, uh, I think comes back and bites them once again here, much like it did against Alabama, against a really good Gator team, which can ill afford, uh, to lose a second game. So we are going to take, uh, Florida, uh, plus the points in this one. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Clemson's at number two. So we're going to skip right over them and move on to our number one team. So far this year, it's Ohio State. They're 2-0 and overall, 2-0 and against the spread. And they are taking on Rutgers this weekend, who's 1-1 and so far, 1-1 and against the spread as well. Vegas has the line set here, Ohio State by 37 points. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, well, they're the Chiefs of uh, college football, right? Big lines, um, but they haven't had any trouble covering them at least the first two weeks. We think that trend's going to continue this week. Rutgers is an improved football team. Uh, they upset Michigan State in week one, which looked like it was going to bode ill for Michigan State um, and under Mel Tucker in his first season. And, and he wondered if Sparty was going to be able to find a way to win any games this year. And then they go and beat Michigan last week. So um, that game uh, for Rutgers uh, looking better in hindsight. But... Uh, under Greg Schiano, uh, in his first year back, this is his second tour of duty with Rutgers. Um, he inherits a team that's just four and nine against the spread in their last 13 as an underdog. So 
Traditionally, they have not played well in that role. And Ohio State is now 11 and three against the spread in their last 14 uh, in conference games. So we like Justin Fields to keep the bandwagon rolling up there in the horseshoe. Uh, we're going to take, even with the big number, Ohio State minus the 37. Okay. All right. That should be fun to watch. Yeah, it should be. Um, Ohio State's a lot of fun to watch right now. With Chris Olave, a wide receiver, Master Teague in the backfield. Uh, they can put up points in a hurry. That's for sure. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that's about it for this week, I think. Anything else you want to uh, mention before we go? No, I just, you know, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, come visit uh, our website, dunkleindex.com. Um, we are going to have the new site up uh, any day now. So uh, stay tuned. I think uh, you're going to like it. Uh, big improvement over the old site. Um, we've got uh, the golf ratings up now for the Houston Open this week. Uh, NASCAR is heading to the, to the uh, last race. Uh, out in Phoenix uh, for the Cup Championship. So check out our NASCAR ratings as well prior to that. And uh, looking forward to NBA coming back, right? Big news this, uh, today with uh, December 22nd looking very likely. Yeah, it's right around the corner. So, um, I mean, yeah, draft's probably two weeks away, start of the season, a month and a half. I I'm really looking forward to this, like, condensed off season. I don't know how many deals are going to be able to be made after the draft. But, um, I mean, I think the Warriors are looking out of trading out of the two spot. So we'll at least get a one trade in the top five, probably. Oh, really? Warriors are going to move out. Yeah. Um, it, it you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, pieces in this draft that they really need is, is kind of guard heavy and, uh, projects, not a lot of guys who you can, you can plug into your lineup right away. Is LaMelo worth all the hype? I think it depends on what team you're talking to. Um, but uh, it's funny. Charlotte has the three pick, and you know Jordan's not taking them because uh, <laughs> of uh, what his dad said about beating Jordan one-on-one. Oh, that's right. And, like, you know, on day one. But I don't, I don't see LaMelo going to Charlotte. So he could fall. Um, out of the top five, I think. Um, I don't know. He, he's a little bigger than Lonzo. Um, maybe slightly better shooter than Lonzo. Mm -hmm. um, but Lonzo has been pretty inconsistent. I mean, he played well in New Orleans earlier this year, but then in the bubble, that team was was really bad. So um, I wouldn't call Lonzo yeah. a bust, but he certainly hasn't been worthy of the what was he second pick in the draft. Um, I well, got it. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to think that hurts LaMelo's stock a little bit, um, that Lonzo hasn't turned out to be a better pro. I will say LaVar, who I thought initially was going to be the menace of the NBA, has been pretty pretty silent of late. Well, I, I think the Lakers had to put him in his place at some point. Yeah, um, but he hasn't yeah. reared his ugly head down in New Orleans either. Right. Yeah, and maybe maybe he's waiting um, to see what happens with, uh, with LaMelo, but... Uh, yeah, his stats in in Australia just you know when you watch the watch the highlights they don't blow you away. That that team was constructed around him. Yeah, almost, yeah. almost like Michael Carter Williams with the Sixers, um, his first year. 
Ah, yes, Michael, Car- Michael Carter Williams. What, what, yep. One rookie of the year, did he not? One rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, with Mark Bolts in Orlando. Oh, that's right. Yes. Two wayward Sixer guards. Yep. Down there in Orlando now. So, well, I, I would love to see Maury make a trade for one of those guys. <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. I agree. Well, Sixer fans, I mean, with with Doc on the sideline, Daryl Morey in the front office now, uh, yeah, we got got that part of the the equation covered. Um, just have to see if Embiid and Simmons are up to it. Um, I haven't heard any statuses on uh, on Simmons and his injuries. Have you? No, actually, I I haven't heard, um, and maybe that's good. Maybe you know we're finally not seeing all those. Videos of him shooting in an empty gym. I was going to say bootleg videos of him hitting jumpers. Haven't seen those on YouTube either. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Thanks for turning the corner in Philly. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, yeah, looking forward to getting NBA going again. And we've got college hoops coming up later this month. So definitely tune in to dunkleindex.com and our podcast for uh, for all our latest info and picks on those and uh, yeah let's uh, let's hope we deliver some winners this week and uh, look forward to catching up with you next week cool all right well uh, yeah thanks to everybody for listening and that'll be it for us this week so we'll talk to you next time all right thanks Ben talk soon all right see ya